this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. I know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair. Throw it away. All right? Tons of popcorn there. Yeah. And all you gotta do is go climb a tree to go eat it. <laughs> it was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Oh, good lord. It's. It's unbelievable. It's. It's horrible. Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. The sleep of reason gives birth to monsters. Hi, my name's Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic wasteland, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1960s to today. Check us out at reallyawfulmovies.com, part of the Crypt TV family. We're at downtown Toronto headquarters. Here's episode 172, 2016's Train to Busan. Yeah, this is the Korean zombie film that uh, they could. I mean, this is the movie that came out last year and uh, basically destroyed it at all the festivals. I mean, it was a big hit at the Fantasia Film Festival, which I attended. I didn't attend it. I was not in Montreal when they did the screening. Montreal, uh, Fantasia's three-week festival. I was there for a week, but... It was the festival hit, and the buzz was palpable, and everybody was saying, oh, Train to Busan is going to be the next big thing in Zombies, and then it came out, and it it was uh, superlative reviews across the board, Rotten Tomatoes had it at least certified fresh, I would say. Oh, yeah, like nearing 90, and I would say maybe the only thing palpable in terms of buzz today would be us and our drinks, because we're not feeling the buzz. Uh... And we're going to get into this. We don't like to train to Busan. <laughs> nope. They say in order to fly, you have to ruffle some feathers. So I don't know if people are going to take umbrage with this podcast. I was thinking about it on the way here, taking a train on the way here and just going, like, is it something wrong with me? Is there something inherently wrong with me as a viewer mm. that I don't like this? Well, before we get into train to Busan, I have to say two things. Number one... I'm a zombie fanatic, and number two, I hate zombies. <laughs> Does that make sense? Perfectly. Uh, the sign of a, oh, I hope I get this quote right, mm-hmm. uh, of an intelligent person is to be able to hold two competing ideas simultaneously. I wish I could remember to whom I could attribute that, but it's a great quote. I feel the same way. I love 28 Days Later. I love Dawn of the Dead. So 28 Days Later, almost, and so right away you're getting me, and are you talking about Dawn of the Dead, I hope, the remake? Uh, either one. I thought the remake was capable with, with Sarah Pauli mm-hmm. and that, but the original, obviously, the, the you know, incomparable Romero stuff. Oh, see, that's and also like the that, Italian stuff. Like, that, we that, love our zombies, was, but also mm-hmm. zombie culture has become so ubiquitous that it's it's ruining an otherwise 
you know, fun enterprise. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, when you mentioned 20 Days Later, right away you got my ire up because that's, in my opinion, that's when the zombie genre really took a turn for the worse because of the whole conceit of the fast zombie. I hate the fast zombie. As do I, but I liked it in that context. Mm -hmm. It was a sharply written, uh, uh, properly paced film, so I didn't mind it. Yeah, I'm not one... Like, I, I like... Uh, I, I like that there's certain rules. I mean, in like in comic books, you can't have a superhero do certain things. I mean, mm. we became no, zombies became known for their they're salivating and their slow shuffle, pr shuffle shuffling gait. Well, that's what made them scary because you know inherently you should be able to escape a zombie. Mm -hmm. They walk slow. They're mindless. They're they're unable to uh, wield weapons. Of course, then we have <laughs> Brutal Lenzi's Nightmare City, where he basically had zombies that were. <laughs> Fast, fleet of foot, and yeah. wield weapons, but they weren't zombies, according no, to no, no, they were not. Yeah, but they were zombies <laughs> anyway. Um, well, I would throw Shaun of the Dead in the category as well, of, of like let's say a nouveau, new kind of zombie film. But they were slow zombies in Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah, I guess and so. But, what, but what made what made zombies scary? See, the thing I love about zombies, and you know, I got to go back. Uh, this might be a very circular discussion. Is number one, Romero and Fulci and the old. Zombie masters. I mean, the thing about zombies is okay. Yes, they're slow, but and ostensibly they're not that scary in a sense that you can't. It, it, it appears that you can easily survive a zombie outbreak. However, when the sheer magnitude of zombies start to, you know, for example, *Night Living Dead*, you're barricaded in a house and they're mm -hmm. coming and they're coming and they're slow, but they're coming and they're coming and there's nothing you could do. And you, you just—it's like it's like death is coming towards you, and in slow motion, and that's really scary. Number one, number two, zombies are so malleable. I mean, you could—and Romero did this to the nth degree—is utilize zombies to address so many societal ills and uh, social commentary and what have you. And the latest crop of zombie movies, I feel—I mean, I think Train to Busan probably wanted to shoehorn in a little bit of social commentary. About, you know, the working man and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, we'll know. get to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. But the whole conceit of the fast zombie that could just that turns on a dime and then, you know, can attack you all of a sudden, I, I don't dig it. I don't like it. They don't go for the gusto for the, with the gore like the Italians did. And there's so much more. And another thing I don't like is, like you said before, the ubiquity of the zombie. You know, it used to be that being a zombie fan, being a gut muncher fan, was kind of like a cool thing because you were a part. Of, you enjoyed this subgenre of horror that was really sleazy in a sense, like really, yeah. <laughs> you know, really wallowed in the gore and filth. And this is, you know, the children of Romero, the Italian ones that would uh, make their, their zombie knockoffs and whatnot, and they're eating the entrails and everything, and they're really getting in there. And then slowly but surely, the zombie became. Twilighted, if I can uh, coin a term. Oh, yeah. You know, how they basically took the vampire and, I mean, even maybe... And Anne, shoved the stake through its heart, yeah, really, yeah. Maybe even Anne Rice did that before with mm -hmm. the vampire. I don't care, but they, they turned the zombie from somebody frightening or something frightening into something so ubiquitous, so just there. They, like, zombies are everywhere. They're in teen comedies, warm bodies. They're in fucking Geico commercials. And I'm so I'm really sick and tired of modern-day zombie movies. I'm sick of The Walking Dead, too. So and, that, that should just wipe out Dead, all the listenership yeah. right there. Now, we should say we're not regular watchers of The Walking yeah. Dead. So we, and, we tried watching it. I think I got through two seasons. How many seasons um, did you get through? Uh, episodes. So like okay. a few of one and two. Like maybe, I want to say five to six in total. I know mm -hmm. that's not being fair. But there's people, you know, 
whom we respect, uh, you know, greatly in the, in our space, who love it, and who are we to take umbrage with that? It's not our thing. Because mm -hmm. um, people say it's improved considerably mm -hmm. from what I thought was a complete snooze fest in the first couple seasons. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not giving it a chance. I mean, the reality is, I I have no interest in going anywhere near The Walking Dead anymore. And don't get even get me started on how The Walking Dead have destroyed uh, horror conventions. But that's another story altogether. <laughs> I'm not going to get there. All right. So, yeah, we, we don't want to get, Dead. you know, too bogged down in the details of, like, fast versus slow. I am uh, I would consider maybe 28 Days Later the scream of zombie movies insofar as it did something pretty good that its uh, followers did badly and were influenced and left in its wake. But mm. it's neither here nor there. This thing could have had slow zombies, uh, could have been fast, uh, I felt this reproduced the experience of being on a train and not in a good way. I was, I, you can't say you were bored because that's a kind of a dull criticism because it says more about you than it does the film. But I, I'm going to say it anyway. I was genuinely bored by, by this. And you mentioned Italian films earlier, like the gore in, in an Italian film. There's always one to two set pieces mm -hmm. where the gut munching is off the charts mm. uh, in... Or, or even just the, the spew. Like in the beyond, there's an intestine that comes up. This had no gore for the amount, the high body count it had. There was not one thing that made me squeamish, which is the raison d'etre of the thing. It, all going back to 68's Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. That was gorier than this. Mm -hmm. What is going on? Yeah, Why, it's, it's What is it? I mean, I just caught over the weekend uh, the, the Shallows, that uh, recent uh, shark movie with Blake Lively. Mm -hmm. I didn't have uh, much in the way of expectations for that. In many ways, it met that. Cause <laughs> but, there, but it had a lot of um, elements to it that I enjoyed. And, I, and it was... There was one scene in The Shallows that had me wincing way more than anything in this entire two hours of Train to Busan. And this is like some sort of PGA 13. I'm biting my lip not to say jump the shark or, or at any point in this. Uh, well, but okay, there was well, a lot of Because we might talk about it in the future, but uh, what, what particularly then? Uh, I just have this thing with like needles piercing skin. Me too. And yeah. there's a scene where uh, she gets, you know, spoiler alert, she gets chomped by the shark in the leg. And uh, she's a pre-med student. And she has to sew up her own wound using a like, tourniquet, using earrings and, and a necklace. Oh, and it's, oh. it's done in really gory close-up. And yeah, I, I was watching it through, you know, through my my fingers, kind of like oh, it's was... kind of pathetic. Like for penile lop-offs that you see in the Italian horror or Italian cannibal genre mm -hmm. in numerous occasions. Like I would rather watch that than an ear piercing. For some reason, like well, everyone in the horror space has their own things that get to them. Heroin. I can't watch it. Yeah, it's no. just fucking terrible. I, I know. Can't deal I, with it. I can watch it mo the most disgusting scenes ever and wallow in them and revel in them. But the second I see a needle, needle pierce of flesh, I get really, really squ uh, squeamish. And I can watch a splinter pierce an eyeball and yeah. rewind yeah. it and watch a glorious slow mo <laughs> a la Fulci Zombie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Fantastic if somebody shoots exemplar. up in a, in a movie, I'm, I'm squeamish. I'm, I'm starting to get that, you know, that feeling in my stomach. Ugh, I don't like this. But anyway, we're not talking about the shallows. We're talking about Train to Busan. Pull its punches with the gore. But beyond that, I mean, this movie... And again, I mean, see, the thing with like, some of the Italian zombies, they were languidly paced. But there was something about it that kept you going. There was some sort of something compelling about it. And this movie, two-hour uh, movie, this is my second viewing. Because the <laughs> first time I saw it, I didn't like it. And I was watching with a lot of hype um, because of you know, all the hype that was there. And so I had high expectations, and it didn't meet it. And then... You suggested we do it for the podcast. I figured, yeah. oh, great. I'm going to revisit it, and maybe this time around. Yeah, I'll it took a bit of arm twisting, to be fair, as you mm -hmm. were quite reticent about it and saying, and I didn't know why, because mm -hmm. I thought, geez, well, 
this, everyone loves this. It's the Get Out of 2016 right. or whatever it was, well, among other I, films. I, I, I the Witch it. and whatnot. And that's but, the other thing. I saw Get Out. I liked it. Okay, yeah. I liked it. It's, I, but it's, it's not 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like, yeah, fair it's enough. It's a very good movie, mm-hmm. but it's not the uh, the second coming. But we'll get that's that could be another podcast altogether for sure. It but it's a good movie. movie. It's a good movie. Um, Train to Busan. The second time around, I was just as bored, if not more so, and. I was wondering why, why why am I so bored? And I think one of the things that made me um, just not really latch onto this movie is the fact that I didn't give two shits about any of the characters, which which shouldn't be a problem. And I was going to say the exact same thing because I've turned that mode off in my head because mm-hmm. I've watched enough. I don't know, gangster TV shows that these people are reprehensible and you shouldn't care for them, but you do. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't care about these people, but I didn't care about what was going on. There have been movies where I didn't care about them, and that doesn't factor into it. But, yeah, just even the, the setup, like right off the bat, you're meant to believe and be invested in some guy who is just, uh, he's just a blank slate. He, he's a nothing, and he's got this little cute, ostensibly kid, mm-hmm. and... In, like in the action well, okay, film but don't cliche, he's, he's got uh, he's separated from his wife. He's got to make good with his kids. You know, of course, and he's got to be a bad guy. Why is he a bad guy? Because he's a businessman. He's a businessman, yeah. and he's a what is he like a hedge fund manager? Or something. He is. So therefore, he's automatically evil, which right. I thought was just hilarious. And his right clients, off the bat. he refers to as lemmings, and that's yeah, yeah. So that establishes bad guy credentials. Of course, he's got this uh, you know precocious daughter who's so adorable, <laughs> and he doesn't you know he's so uh, involved in his work that he buys her a last minute birthday gift, and it's in, I think he got maybe even got his assistant oh, to buy. Lord, I remember it's a Nintendo Wii. She already has one. She wants to go to Busan, which I guess is in Korea. Yeah, right. Uh, it's the second most populous city after Seoul. After Seoul. So about the same size as, as Toronto. So, Maybe three million people. Big city. You don't mm-hmm. hear about it much. So the wife lives in Busan. Husband lives in Seoul. Yeah. And she wants to take the train. The daughter, who was what, about eight, nine, ten yeah, years old. Yeah. She wants Suan, to take it yeah. by herself. This, yeah, Suwon, exactly. And daddy doesn't want her to go by herself. So he wanted to... And it was only a one-hour train ride. So he wants to accompany her to Busan, drop her off in the you know, loving arms of her mother, go back and get back to work. However, shit happens. There's an outbreak, right? Something mm-hmm. goes awry. And people start turning into ravenous, flushing zombies. They're trapped on the train. And the zombie uh, apocalypse is going on inside the train, outside the train, all over the place. Yeah. In many ways, I think a lot of people have compared this film to a, a film I haven't seen, World War Z. Uh-huh. There's just hordes and hordes and hordes of zombies. Everybody's turning into zombies. Um, but I'm going to tell you some of my problems with this movie okay. in a moment yeah, or two. Yeah, let's, you, break you it, uh, no, it. let's break it down. Okay, so I said I didn't care about the characters, right? Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I look back at... The holy trinity of zombie movies, and those would be, of course, Night, Dawn, and Day. And what Romero did that was so masterful, and this might have been a function of the budget, is these were very... The the scale and the scope of the movies were so small, in the sense that there was a zombie apocalypse going around all over the place. But Romero would focus on a very small microcosm of what was happening. He wouldn't be focusing on you know, what's happening throughout the entire world. We'd just be focusing on our characters and where they are. So in Night of the Living Dead, it was a farmhouse. Yeah. In Dawn of the Dead, it was a shopping mall. And in Day of the Dead, it was the underground bunker. Underground bunker, bunker yeah. Interestingly enough, Romero 
always lamented the fact that because of budgetary limitations, he couldn't have more scope, and he wanted to have more scope for Day of the Dead. It was supposed to be a much bigger, broader film. In fact, I actually have the original script of uh, Day of the Dead, uh, which was what Howard Merrill wanted to shoot it if he had the budget he got. To be, frankly, I haven't read it in, in its entirety yet, but it was nice. a much bigger film. Now, but that those limitations, sometimes limitations can lead to the, the greatest triumphs because oh, agreed. Yeah. with that we were able to get to know, get to love, and get to build sympathy for these, these a small group of individuals in a very small confined space. So then when the, when the zombies started attacking, we really felt for them. But when you have so many characters, and before I even get to that, see the thing with Romero is that when he started getting the bigger budgets and started making you know movies like Land of the Dead, Survival of the Dead, and Diary of the Dead, yeah. and all of a sudden the Romero formula is no longer being utilized by Romero because now the, the scope is bigger and we're seeing much more, and those movies were worth shite. Oh, the Dennis Hopper one filmed in Toronto. What was that? They were all were. All, all, oh, they all were. Yeah, all. Yeah, you know, in Romero budget. He lives yeah. north of Toronto. He yeah. lives in a cottage or something. And yeah, yeah we can't all. get him on the show, but we're working on that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like he, he at least internalized. He, he, I guess, underscored the the internal versus the external. And here, that barrier was separated insofar as the the vector for this this. Uh, virus was a young girl with like striations on her leg she had a tourniquet on her leg as well she was all messed up she gets onto the train converts everyone turns them and suddenly like everyone is everywhere and you never get the sense of like the us and them because the the them are always around so you don't have quiet moments that made night of the living dead so effective mm. another thing i wanted to bring up as a, as a debit too there was no uh, the one thing you turn to in the like Films that are filmed elsewhere, you can at least experience a sense of cultural tourism, of like you're in somewhere else. I've, I'm being transplanted somewhere else. This could have been anywhere. Really, like this could have been Frankfurt, this could have been Tokyo, this could have been this a train been from Philly to New York. Train this to was London, just another Ontario fucking train. Via rail, you like, know? <laughs> God, like, I didn't even feel yeah, like exactly. I was in Korea. I didn't get the yeah. sense with the, if, uh, with the occasional touches of cultural differences where and i'm using the word touches uh, intentionally where the little kid was being touched by strangers saying are you okay when she gets separated from mm -hmm. her dad and in our culture like you really can't like i don't know if this was a thing um you really can't touch other people's kids in a way that like they had their the conductor who put her, his hands on her shoulders mm -hmm. it was a little bit different but i i this could have been anywhere well then the, that's just a generic thing mm -hmm. i wasn't transplanted anywhere you're in korea like yeah. give me something they were just commuters well, like that's, us. But, i guess and, it's is, is it a global village like is, is that it I that everyone is the same there's just too many characters and yes as you know i mean you got this baseball team you got uh these, these elderly ladies and but because there's so many characters it's just it's like our um affection is diffused it's been, yeah, amongst no that's yeah it's been yeah. spread thin and so we we've traveled throughout asia it's fair to say we've mentioned it before like yeah, yeah. did you is there anything we could have, with our limited knowledge of culture, picked up on that we're missing something here? Like, is there anything the baseball team represented? I don't think so. No. I, I think it was just uh, the patina of whatever, of just a horror film. There's nothing going on, unlike the subtext in these, the, the holy trinity of zombie films. There was no, nothing I could latch on to. And it's just a linear story, literally, because it's on a train. And just constant doors slammed shut in the face of zombies if i how big is this effing train 
that so many sliding doors were shut in the face of zombies. I was getting a little... I, I, I was... I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the movie does sort of limit the characters you know there's there's more there's certain characters that stand out more than others uh i i have it written down but i don't the 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 guy with the pregnant wife what was his name again again he was the counterpoint and in, in whom the audience well was maybe supposed to be invested because he's a blue collar guy mm -hmm. he's ostensibly great he's wonderful the hedge fund manager is a dick so there's when you put these guys, that's a dick, that's a, yeah, like you put you the make, two together, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. will will the businessman become less of a dick, and will the uh, calloused hands, blue collar schlubbo be like friends with the dick? Mm. And oh yes, yeah, so they come together. And of course, and just, through, oh, through, through, uh, through um, not adversary, through um, adversity, they come mm. together and. They rub off on each other, and the and the blue collar man with the good heart, he becomes self sacrificing, yeah, yeah. and then the businessman, he starts to have a change of change heart. Change of heart, this. and it's just oh, yeah, but it's it's cliche, oh, and yeah. you could see it coming a mile away. And there's so that was another thing I, I just I, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy that this businessman again, you know, who uh, this this hedge fund manager, this guy, if he was in the states, he probably would have been involved in the uh, the housing market collapse. That was the yeah, you know, for that's sure. The analogy, I guess. He's a one percenter from Wall yeah. Street, whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, he's a Bear Stearns yeah, that, speculator, or whatever he, he is. Yeah, and that you know, and, and and they try to sort of allude to, um, you know, what would you do, and you know, uh, where what. What is humanity's responsibility? Self-preservation versus hmm. helping other people. I mean, there's a, that illusion of that, you know, a bit of social commentary here and there. But it wasn't. It was just very, very surface. Very pat, yeah. Very pat. And, yeah, the redemption through adversity, through horror. And this is this leads me to another thing. Because in many ways, I thought this was way more of an action movie than it was a zombie movie. Yo, I agree. But I didn't find it to be all that riveting. Hmm. But this is another thing I don't like with uh, about modern-day zombie movies is that... They always have to have comedy and heart. Hmm. That's the thing. Like the old zombie movies, the ones that we love, <laughs> these are nihilistic, brutal movies. Well, some yeah, of them that's are why damn I, depressing. No, I agree. That's why I would dispense with the relatableness of the character mm -hmm. characters. I don't care to be invested in them necessarily. If there are other things at play, I can I can sink my teeth into, so to speak. Yeah, but it felt yeah there was no 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 heart. In, in this film and no, but the, when I say heart there's always got to be some sort of like sappiness oh yeah the, true yeah. I was speaking yeah. on the other in the other sense mm -hmm. but yeah the sappiness was ratcheted up to 11 and, and the comedy fell flat the baseball team was ridiculous uh, there were one of their cheerleaders was there for reasons unknown and she's sort of tittering and being I, I guess like she's at play because they're they all have the hots for her we don't have any investment in any of the fellow passengers uh, oh another thing I don't think even they make great use of a confined space because there are horror movies aplenty that make uh, like I'm thinking cube or I don't know off the top of my head of places where you're trapped and you cannot break free I didn't I always got the impression they could break free and they, there was always another cabin and another train to go to because this train was endless apparently mm -hmm. and well, I never then, got the sense that of, yeah. of claustrophobia well, they, that you but would they, get. They, they, go, they would get off the train and they would get back on and oh yeah even in a this is a dumb example but like Wes Craven's you know red eye you're stuck on a train with or on a plane. sorry on a plane yeah planes trees on automobiles yeah <laughs> on this conveyance and there's you're sitting beside them and cannot go anywhere that, because yeah. it's a plane that was a good that conceit. was menacing yeah. it was a great conceit nightmare at thirty thousand like, feet you know the twilight zone oh 
That's oh, when the, the gremlin shows up on the wing, that was one of early horror memories. Yeah. That was fantastic. This, I, like, so what? Who gives a fuck? It was on. A, it was on. A, it was on a train. It, they didn't make use of it in any way that connected with me as a daily train commuter. Well, this is not. Like, I mean, look, dude, look. This is not the first horror movie we set on a train. I mean, just well, we podcasted Horror Express. Horror Express. Yeah, very. Yeah, Terror Train with um, you know, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or Death Ship, or I, I, I don't know, any conveyance uh, on which something is set. I, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I was just, we, I was lost. We were both left flat mm-hmm. with this movie, and so. Oh, and I, you were to pick on a point you were mentioning earlier, how the dead is coming for you. And you're, you're, you, how you take umbrage with fast zombies. It's interesting because we've talked before about how the zombie uh, culture, pre-68, like in the, in the 30s, in the 40s, zombies were creatures from voodoo. Well, yeah, and they, they, they were, the Haitian they, roots, the Haitian of, the zombie, roots yeah. of the zombie. And that you, you, there's always... Uh, Valutin, you know, or white zombie or what yeah, have you. Yeah, you can yeah. only go so far without where it ceases to become a zombie in reality. And if... Yeah, I, I I also appreciate that too. A slow-moving form of of death that uh, in, envelops you, and yeah. slowly you you get you know just enveloped and taken over by a mass. Yeah, you and know, here there I are mean, masses. Like think think about Night of Living Dead. I mean, okay, you're barricading this house, and they're coming at you. They're shuffling. They're slow. Uh, it seems like we can take care of them, but they just keep, it's almost like cancer. It's like almost like a metaphor for cancer. You know, it's oh wow, yeah. It starts off and it metastasizes, and, it metastasizes and there's, there's nowhere and to go. It overtakes you. Yeah, but and that that slow creeping death is what. Um, and no, I'm not making a metal reference right there. <laughs> That's what I'm not singing. Yeah. But that slow creeping death is That's, what really. Is that H.P. Started... Lovecraft, or I don't know, <laughs> or is it just Metallica? I think it's just Metallica. Okay. <laughs> and that, that song yeah. is about the story of Passover. But anyway, no, interesting. Yeah. yeah, you never listened to the lyrics. Yeah, I wasn't aware any band member was Jewish. In no, the they aren't. Oh, wow. <laughs> interesting. You killed the some... firstborn Pharaoh's son. Uh, wow. Creeping death. Yeah, man. Well, okay. Instead of banging your head, you should be listening to the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah. Banging your head metal health, you. Ugh. But anyway, getting yeah. back to Train to Busan. Okay, so the fast zombies, I don't like them, but hey, I mean, yeah, I guess... Yeah, I, I'm, I take it or leave it. If it's a good movie, I'll, I'll like them, but this isn't. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, the the heart, and when I talk about heart, um, you know, the, these, the, the modern zombie movies always have to have some sort of life lesson through going through the zombie apocalypse and it's usually some absentee father or something mm-hmm. who learns to love again and it's like you know his heart oh. grows five sizes bigger and, you know, <laughs> i don't give a fuck yeah. and then the comedy aspect of it all too you know they've, they've turned my beloved zombie into a buffoon yeah a clumsy creature i mean back in the day oh zombies bub, bub was like a sad chained oh. up like animal and you felt like a sense of pathos. Oh, he's he's not he's not like a, a gag from a vaudeville act. Like mm-hmm. it's pathetic. Bob was the the most tragic and also the most human character in that mm-hmm. movie. And uh, I can go on about Bob for about fifteen minutes, yeah. but I'm not going to waylay this podcast by talking about my theories and philosophy about Bob. But there is it's not to be confused with the meme cat, little Bob. But yeah, but and but so let's talk Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead was a zombie comedy. Shaun of the Dead. Poke fun at a lot of the the um, yeah, tropes, tropes of the zombie yeah. movie, but at the same time, it was a damn good zombie movie. Exactly, yeah. It was the same sort of thing. You had a small group of characters that you felt for, and you get you gave a shit. You cared when one of the characters bit the dust. Mm-hmm. You, you cared, 
So, comedy is fine as long as you have characters, ultimately, that you're invested in. And I was totally invested in Sean and the rest of his Motley crew. I love Sean the Dead. Mm -hmm. I really do. And all the all the meta references are wonderful. Yeah, yeah um, me too. Simon Pegg, he, he knows his zombies. But um, this movie, I just, I, yeah, I, I had, was not invested in anybody or anything. Well, also just the complete dearth of scares. Like, okay, we, we may differ regarding the uh, reboot of Dawn of the Dead. I, I, I jumped when Sarah Polly was attacked. Because again, it was a different time. We weren't expecting fast zombies. And so when we got them, it was, it was kind of a shock to the system. Now we've been inured to it. But there's another objection I have here is uh, even a slow-paced, uh, like Italian zombie film, there's a wonderful set piece that, uh, you know, is m so memorable that you can think about it years hence. All these kills sort of blended into one. They were just, there was nothing really really gory they, they this might as well have been I, I don't know what what's the rating in the states adult accompaniment or p i don't want to say pg this was tame mm. there was no weirdness too that took you out of your sense of place like uh, i'm thinking nightmare city with the aerobic scene where the zombies bust in and break up like a tacky italian tv show where you go what what is going on like this is typically italian here come the zombies and that scene is off the charts mental mm -hmm. there's nothing here that well, is either korean or mental or or gory mm -hmm. now i'm trying i'm trying to grasp the straws here a bit like okay so we have the the uh the army the korean army that are there to contain the outbreak and and they end up becoming infected and they become part of the rampaging horror now is there any social commentary there that you could see i this? don't know unless i'm missing something with <laughs> i don't know what with uh, with you know, some you, strife I'm, with I'm North Korea about, I'm and the about DMZ, the, no, no, I'm thinking about the no. crazies and how you know the that we can't trust the the uh, the army of. Uh, but but even in the crazies, there was that strict like demarcation of here's who's in charge. You must obey, you pee on, mm -hmm. because we know what's best for you. In this film, there's none of that. There's no overarching authority saying we know what's best for you. They do get news updates, and they do say, like, they do uh, give an account of what's happening. And they say, I think at one point, like, Busan is okay to get to, hence the train going there, and other cities have been taken over. But there's no sense that anyone's being manipulated. And especially given the recent, like, South Korean political scandal where, you know, their president resigned and whatnot. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. There was nothing... There's no questioning of authority. There's just it's all deferential. You just oh, Busan's open. Send the train there. Mm -hmm. Don't stop here. It's infected. Go here. It's not infected. And there was there's no final destination e here either that you could sink your teeth into other than Busan, which is where the train was going anyway. So it's not like you had different elements of people trying to make it to uh, a paradise independently. They, they were all on the same train. Yeah. They were all stuck there together. Oh, and ultimately, God. the last hour just becomes survival horror. You know, how can we get through these rampaging hordes? Survival ones... for us. Uh, you had a problem watching this. You fast forward at the well, second time. Well, my second time around, yeah. Because I, mean, I, I, I wasn't going to devote in... four hours of my life to this. You know, two Ooh. viewings. I... <laughs> well, I apologize. <laughs> I should have off the bat for getting you involved in this. But I, oh my God, it took me like three, three viewings to get through it. Just fell flat. Couldn't. I'm trying to find something that really 
impacted me. I, okay, I want to well, say you maybe, what there were... maybe when they were banging on the glass yeah. and they were trying to hold them off and then the sheer weight yeah. of the humanity breaking, breaking the glass. through and yeah, falling I guess over. That was, that was, that was cool. cool. That but, was cool. But I believe that was done and again, I haven't seen it, but I believe that was that was already done in World War Z when you had horses. Yeah, horses. and that might have been done in Dawn of the Dead in the mall too. So it's just the question of, yeah, you have uh, this this uh, you know barrier and this liminal space of you're in your safe space versus what's out there. The glass shatters. They become part of your space but mm -hmm. no, I just wasn't feeling it so it's interesting because I mean we can't really call ourselves like I, I can't say hey I'm being a contrarian because I watched this movie independently um months ago and I didn't respond to it yeah. and this was your first viewing yeah if anything I was prejudiced to it being good so mm -hmm. I was I was just waiting to be blown away so I mean yeah, and I wouldn't You're, have been. I, I I'm never prejudiced by what you say because I want to think independently. Like we don't have a hive mind, you know. Like <laughs> you don't respect my opinion. So. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely, but but you never know because uh, you know it's it's a temporal thing. Uh, Ten years later, certain things might have uh, come to the fore that you, uh, impact you more emotionally than mm -hmm. it did in your in your teens and your twenties. So uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, horror changes and how you change and mm -hmm. you know how you respond changes. So it's possible you were just in a bad mood. And well, that's what I thought. That maybe the first time around, I, the hype was overwhelming, and I maybe wasn't in the right mood to see it. And maybe the second time around, it would really get to me like it did to all the people that have just been like lauding this movie to the to the sky and the, the heavens but <laughs> yeah. it just it didn't do it and i'm i'm just not a fan of train to busan um there's not much more i could say i mean we're not really uh i, I don't want to you know i'm not here to dig the grave of this movie yeah. and pile on why i didn't like it i'm i'm sort of almost in a sense disappointed in, my, in myself for not liking it because it's so lauded it's so well loved but it just it didn't do it for me and in a sense i'm almost glad that you didn't like it because it sort of validates my opinion you know <laughs> although yeah we might have had a more you know lively discussion possibly but it's one of these things where it's tough to articulate why you didn't like it because i know i didn't like it well no we we gave lots of reasons mm. but on the surface like it's well filmed the effects are pretty good the setting is great it's a unique idea <laughs> on the surface this is a great movie it's just it just falls flat. What what more can we say? So, so so what if we were on Rotten Tomatoes and we're not because our you know we don't meet the criteria for inclusion. We've tried. Uh, what have we learned? Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fuck those guys. Whip yeah. a tomato at their Rotten Tomato at their head. Yeah. Uh, what did we learn from Train to Busan? Well, other than what we've already discussed. Yeah, I I I guess I've learned that hype is a dangerous thing. Um, hype can. Always color your expectations going into any sort of thing, whether it's any, a movie, a restaurant, a restaurant game we reviews. Yeah, uh, agreed. A, a, a record, what have you? When something is so hyped to the moon, and you, it t the problem is that you know you have to get in on the ground floor before the hype begins, and maybe at that point you might be able to watch with an unprejudiced mind. But when something is hyped, you go in expecting to be transported, to be blown away. And I mean, I, I'll go back to Fantasia Fest. I saw a movie there that was not hyped at all. I didn't even... I had not heard of it before going to the fest. I just looked at the synopsis. It looked extremely exciting. Not extremely exciting. Sorry, I'll cut that out. It looked extremely interesting. It was mm -hmm. called The Lure. And it's this bizarre Polish mermaid horror musical. 
no okay. hype whatsoever. Yeah, I can see why. And I was, stu- I was, I was stunned by it. Yeah. I loved it. it. Was it was it was pure joy filmmaking, and it was it was horrific. It was also exuberant. It ha- it was wonderful. And, In a way that this was joyless. Yeah. Right, and mm. so. I I just and and then on the other hand, you know, when I was at Fantasia, I saw a couple of Takashimike films, which I, I were hyped and I had expectations for, and they did not live up to it. Whereas The Lure, The Eyes of My Mother, these are movies that I didn't have any expectations for, and I enjoyed them immensely. So, what am I trying to say? I don't know. Sometimes we have to um, just sort of ignore all the all the hype mind, all the opinions going, yeah, all the white noise and going go on, in and just yeah. Accept things at face value, and whether we like them or not, that's our own uh, decision, and we should make those independently. We shouldn't. Want, I think a lot of people right now, and I'm getting back to Get Out because Get Out, in my opinion, is a solid triple. I'm not gonna call it a home run. Okay, yeah. It's like it's a B plus movie. Yeah. But people are lauding it as the greatest horror movie since uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And I think once again, it's because it's a hive mind of hype. You know. 100% Rotten Tomatoes. You gotta love Get Out. Mm-hmm. Get I'm gonna say one right, right now. Get Out is probably the best film I've ever seen come out of that Blumhouse Studios. I'm not a fan <laughs> of Blumhouse, but yeah. it's a good movie. That's a backhanded but... compliment right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's a, it's a solid B+. It's, it's a good movie. It's a triple. It's not a home run. All right. Uh, but again, <laughs> this is we're talking about... Uh, I'm not talking about The Shallows. I'm not talking about Get Out. No, The Shallows would be a triple as well. No Jaws, but a solid, a well, solid on base, uh, extra base hit. Whatever, pick ending, your cheesy was, sports analogy. Yeah, there was some good stuff in the shallows, and it made me wince. Uh, it made me, this jaded horror fan wince. So that that was good. Um, but this movie just made me bored. So what did I learn? I don't know. I just I all right. Well, what I learned is there was an emergency. Car Eleven was tipped off as that's you know they were the ones who were getting the feed from whoever that they're you know that this outbreak is taking place and you have there they can make it to Busan on this on this train. Uh, what I learned really with there's there was no quintessential bona fide knock it out of the park memorable kill in insofar I'm just going to throw out a uh, Asian horror film uh, for comparison's sake Sion Sono's Tag mm. where a bunch of schoolgirls get decapitated by the wind on a school bus and it was like great everyone in the theater was a combination of like groaning and applauding it came out of fucking nowhere the wind? yeah and it's a spoiler alert because I, I happen to think Sion Sono is some kind of messed up <laughs> genius and the stuff like his worst movies have something in them that blow your mind I, i'm just thinking about at all times m night shamalama ding dong oh, well, yeah. you know his is uh i mean now he's experiencing a resurgence thanks to two blumhouse films mm. uh one i've seen the visit the other one i'm waiting to see split uh i haven't seen it yet but oh my god that got off a film the happening that he made with <laughs> happening, happening, i know i knew you'd do that yeah with uh, mark Wahlberg, where they were actually afraid of the wind the wind carried. oh, oh my well, god the wind is coming we gotta run that was the, that was the antagonist was the wind well i mean if you think the the, the fog being the antagonist and carpenter's the fog hey was but hey the, the fog was a cheesy film and maybe a misstep for carpenter but there's certain i mean that was memorable there's shots oh, yeah. in that movie that i will never forget well, Dean Cutney, like the lighthouse and the, the, yeah. the down the stairway and but the same with tag like the schoolgirls get it and Sion Sono is 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 wild or or you could say even um, you know hair or was that what it was called or is like hair well, yeah, extensions yeah. hair extensions there's something about certain movies that are just so memorable or again the aerobic scene in Nightmare City mm-hmm. or 
like the eyeball scene in Lucio Fulci's zombie. Yeah, a zombie. There's this. There's not a single memorable kill in this whole movie for all the body count that was there. And this is PG fare. This is tame shit. Mm -hmm. And I could see why this was as laud as as it was. This was a critical darling, because it's people like coming down off their pedestal to wade into a movie that they wouldn't ordinarily watch. And this is the get-out phenomenon, where it's like, oh, I hear good things about this. I'm going to lower myself to this genre. You're talking about the highbrow critics. The highbrow critics who would, yeah, and then, yeah, they wouldn't deem to do it, and then there's going to, all of a sudden, 200 reviews on IMDb for a movie that wouldn't get the time of day otherwise. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, horror sucks, but this is something you've got to think about. And in this case, well, this is a fast zombie, and this is some foreign film that we can, you know, give ourselves some sort of pat on the back by investigating but no no can do and it's interesting too because I mean you know I'm thinking about like when, when it comes to monsters and when it comes to I mean because horror is a, a genre that's loved throughout the world but they always put their own stamp on it for example in Thailand they're they're so superstitious about ghosts so they make some really amazing ghost movies fun Japan I mean I know you're a little we're a little sick now of the J-horror yeah, cliches yeah. but at the beginning those they were terrifying right exactly yeah with the ghosts with uh, you know and the, the original Ringu or Juwan or mm -hmm. what have you um the vampire, I mean, the, the the Chinese hopping vampire, fucking insane. It's crazy, yeah. You know, they so they they change the. But see, the thing with the zombie is, it's it's so easy to import the zombie as a as a antagonist that I've not I've yet to see another culture put their own spin on the zombie i've oh, seen interesting i've seen inter i've seen cuban zombie movies one of the dead was that was one i've seen mm. many asian zombie movies i've seen uh, oh god i think i've seen a zombie movie from pretty much every region of the globe mm. and the zombies are always the same um but uh, so maybe if they would have somehow made these zombies a little more i mean i don't know if this is going to sound uh weird but a little more korean no or a little I, more, you know I something entirely agree but it just, I don't know. I mean, I think this is just a missed opportunity. It was just a, f and, and frankly, I, I, I'm i pretty sure they're there. This is um, in line for an American remake anyways. I mean, this felt like an American movie. It might as well have been an American Yo, movie. Yo, agreed, agreed. Yeah. So, ultimately, when it comes to Train to Busan, neither of us were impressed. Um, Star that puts rating. Us in the minority. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. We talk about what we learn. Star rating. Uh, uh, ooh, I mean, I'm gonna be as brutally honest as uh, as I as I feel I should be. Uh, I think after my first viewing, I would have given this a two, and after my second viewing, it's being degraded, downgraded. Sorry, to now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I the guy is now. a fun manager, gonna, was, so maybe he's gonna downgrade. Well, it's funny because company I, I, or whatever. I was right? about like, to say it's being downgraded to about an hour and a half. But <laughs> then, instead, but when I want to say one and a half, but really it was an hour and a half. And then I fast forward through half an hour of it because I was bored out of my skull. Oh, exactly. So it's a it's a one and a half as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with your original uh, designation as a two because it's a technical achievement of some uh you know worthy of some some commendation it looks good uh you know the effects are pretty good uh it's just not i, I would give it one and three quarters i'm going to give it maybe a two uh not not worth watching but what's worth reading is our website www.reallyawfulmovies.com for some smart fun genre film reviews of all stripes every week and of course 
oh, if you're going to take umbrage with our thoughts on this movie, send it in. You know, we'd love to be convinced otherwise. Although I'm going to say right off the bat, I, I'm not going to watch this again. Kudos to Jeff here for watching it twice. Good God, I barely made it through it once. Uh, follow us on Twitter, awful underscore movies. But I'd love to hear some dissenting views from not yeah. critics, but actual just movie fans. Yeah, who really love Train to Busan, and I'd like to under, I'd like to hear their interpretations of why this film is as wonderful as. Yeah, as people certainly say it is. So send those emails to us. Yeah, really uh, awful movies at gmail.com. Maybe, maybe, if you, maybe we'll read one on the air if we get one, you know? Well, that'd maybe, be really cool. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to read some rebuttals in a, in a future episode. So, exactly. Uh, really awful movies at gmail.com. We hope to get to hear from you and uh, keep on listening. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Thank you.